Oh, we back at it again. Head Crack After Hours, episode three. Shout out to everybody who's been tapping in and checking out the previous episodes, man. If you see a subscribe button, click that. If it's a plus sign so you can add all the previous episodes, do that as well. So you can never miss an episode and be there when we roll up on you. So uh, this is uh, the third installment of the Ayahuasca Trilogy. And hopefully it doesn't feel like how trilogies are. But like, yo, the first one was really good. But then the second one, it was just all right. And then the third one, man, they could have kept that. But, you know, the story is the story, and we're here to tell it, right? And as usual, I got my awesome manager, Anna, here holding me down, uh, asking the questions, putting on a psychiatrist hat, if you will. Actually, yeah, right? if, you're, if your psychiatrist wears a hat, you probably shouldn't go see him. What's wrong with wearing a hat? Being a I don't know. Like, it's just weird. It seems unprofessional. Like, why are you wearing a hat indoors, psychiatrist? What's wrong with wearing a hat being a psychiatrist? It's so I, what is the last time you ever seen a psychiatrist wear a hat? So the hat's bad, but the couch is okay? Couch is okay, but like, what kind of hat are we talking? Is it a fedora? Is it a fitted? <laughs> and if it was? Because if we're going to be that casual, you can just go talk to your people in the barbershop. Uh, that's a thing, too. Yeah, that's where most people do their psychiatry work. And Absolutely. sometimes you got to dig a little deeper, which is what I did by you know, going on this ayahuasca retreat. And the first one offered up three ceremonies. We already unpacked the first two in previous episodes. If you missed those, be sure you roll up. So here it is. Time to talk about the third ayahuasca ceremony, which was actually the second in a day. For God damn. And it was interesting. Interesting to say the least. Now, the lessons that I learned in the first one is, you know, like, you know, learning about the, you know, the weird qualities that mirrors possess also learned about you know like how it, you know how it feels when you actually die and then the, our loved ones are okay uh the um you know there was some more there once again i implore you to all go back and check out the first episode uh the second you know ayahuasca ceremony i went on was more so about connecting with nature and just you know being attentive and just you know learning how to pour into others and the third one was about being the antenna being the conduit for others and what they got going on with that yeah. is not how you ended the last one. You spoke about it being not PG-13. Where did antennas come from? Well, here's the thing. My antenna was up, and I apparently bet. I picked up the Spice Channel. Shout out <laughs> to everybody who remembers that <laughs> you know, from back in the day. Um, was that the channel? Like, it would be scrambled, and every now and then it would hold still for a second. It's like, yo, that's definitely vagina. <laughs> that's the channel you picked up. The universe was... was Okay. I, among other things, among other things. So, Alaska, huh? so <laughs> you, know, you know how you talk about um, a lot of times how people are empaths? Yes. And, emp and empaths can sense the things that other people got going on with them and they want to try to heal. Sometimes the healing comes from words. Sometimes the healing comes from energy. So, you know, on this third ceremony, once again, not knowing what to expect because the the first ayahuasca experience was the amazing journey that it was. The second one was a kind of a muted experience, but a great one still nonetheless in hindsight. So I didn't really know what I was getting into getting into this one. Uh, you know, uh, the shaman, shout out to him. Uh, he pulls out the arape and uh, I politely declined this time because uh, when I had the arape earlier, it was a little bit too much for me. And I think uh, I feel like it was, you know, doing the actual ceremony was enough. So, uh, you know, I lay back, I kick back, relax, and just try to see where we're going to go this time around. 
um, as usual. And with my other ayahuasca experiences, didn't throw up right away, took a minute. But then when I did throw up, boom, my antenna was up. And, and, I, and I'm sensing the room, you know? Not physically, but like spiritually. Like I'm just laying down and I'm chilling and, you know, you know, and I, and I don't want to put anybody's like, you know, business out there, but like, you know, there's a lot of people that are dealing with different things and being aware of some of that just through conversation, but also being, being made aware of it in real time as I'm just, you know, feeling the pain of others, my, my spiritual energy was kind of working the room empathetically, right? So there was uh, one person who had a situation that they were dealing with. You know, I went inside and tried to do some work within there. And I really felt like I helped connect some dots and rewire some things that maybe will help solve this problem for that person. Okay, so boom, I felt good about that. Then, you know, my energy's working the room. There's somebody there who had some just, you know, terrible loss, right? And it's, and it's not that. So, so what, like, what exactly is happening? So you've taken, you took, this is at upon 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you took a sip. Oh, okay. So let me, let me co course correct the story here. So uh, this is after the second cup. None of this stuff was working on the first cup, you know, cause the first cup kind of gets you like, you know, get you loose. Like okay. the first shot of Patron. You know I mean? <laughs> All right. So first shot gets you loose. Second shot gets you a little bit more open and, and, and ready to roll. So this is after the second shot. And what I feel like what ayahuasca does, and I'm sure people who have you know experienced it before will probably mm -hmm. say, is it just opens up your, your receptors in your third eye so wide that you are now able to communicate. You know how like, um, okay, if you're trying to get electricity to flow between two points, you need a conductor in between to help connect. Like think of a light pole, you know, or, 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 or a power line, you know, okay. you got the things that are connecting you and connecting you. And the ayahuasca allows you to connect to the energies that you need to connect to. So, so you're not having visuals like you did on the first night. You're not seeing things. None of that is, is, is occurring. This is, this is a whole different level of stuff that's occurring. Whole different level of stuff that's occurring. So you're as vibing, a you're, 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 you're what's what synchronicity. Is this like, no, this has nothing to do with synchronicity because synchronicity is just like looking at the signs around you and following those signs and just going on a path. And then things just kind of line up and work out the way they're supposed to work out. This was more so like about not seeing what ayahuasca can do for me, but what I can do for other people and be mm. a servant to those that are in the room. Oh. So, you know, as I'm walking, you know, as my I'm spiritually walking around trying to tap into different people's energy, like, you know, working on this with this person on this, working on this other person with that. After a while. I start to feel something spiritually and physically and by physically no one was touching me. But then all of a sudden I got like a crazy wild direction right in the middle of the ayahuasca experience, right? Like it, it looked like there was a pyramid on my lap. Right? Now this is the open room where everybody's with you, right? This is open room. Oh, okay. O open room, right? And then I and I can't even describe it, right? But I felt like someone was actually having sex with me. Like in the best way, not in a prison way. Like not like, you know, I, yo, I'm getting raped in here. No, not like that. Uh, but I, like I spiritually felt like 
I was penetrating somebody. And all of the, the things that feel good about sex, I felt it. And I, went, I didn't even have sex on my mind at the time. And it felt amazing. And, you know, I'm trying to look around the room and just try to figure out, like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? Because this is wild. I never experienced anything like this before. Now, I've read up about things, and even prior to the... Um, prior to this ayahuasca experience about like, you know, entities that they call a succubus. Have you ever heard What's of that? that? No. Uh, not related to Buster Rhymes in any way. Y'all, y'all, y'all. He was with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo-ha. Got you all erect. Um, now. I'm having an erection to Buster Rhymes in the same sentence, I don't know. But well, okay. the erection usually leaves the bus or something, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> so a succubus is a sexual spirit or entity okay. that can have sex with you in the spirit world. Oh, Sometimes it goes. The best example in pop culture that I can give you is in Ghostbusters 1, the classic joint. Dan Aykroyd, Rick Moranis, Ernie Hudson, uh, Bill Murray, um, the other guy. Um, <laughs> the other guy. Harold Ramis. There you go. Harold Ramis. Um, in that one, there was a scene where like, a succubus came in the room and tried to have sex with Dan Aykroyd's character. Okay. So, yeah, like, it, it's it's apparently it's a, a thing. thing. It's apparently a thing thing. And apparently it's my thing now. So, um, but, like, I don't know. Like, what happens if I try to do ayahuasca for the fourth time and then, like, you know, like, it's like, I don't know, a male succubus and it's just weird. So, is there a purpose for them? Like, is, what does it mean? Okay, well, let's let's get to meeting in a minute. So then, so so, did you see it? Is, is no, there, is, I didn't is it, see it. I didn't see. It's it. just I an just, experience. This is something you a, felt. It's something I felt, and I was just like, I was just really like, just seriously, I was taken aback, but I was also like, whoa, this has been the best trip ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, because like nothing. Nothing matched my expectations. Like everything exceeded my expectations because I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, and even beyond all of this, right? Um, you know, after that sexual experience, which didn't, la which didn't last for a very long time. Like, it's not like, you know, you know, I popped my top or anything, but it, it just felt different. Like it was as satisfying as actual sex is without the orgasm. Ooh. But it was a different kind. Ah. It was it was really, oh really bizarre. Now, and if anybody who's listening to this podcast who who knows anything about this, and you feel free to comment and you know leave a comment below to explain it more, because I'm gonna do some research. I've just been really busy. Yeah. But I was just really, I don't know, impressed. Like I would find if it was a Yelp experience, I give it five stars. <laughs> so like you know, so you know, like so. After that experience happens, like, you know, the room is kind of calming down. And once again, like similar to the other experiences, you completely lose track of time. You don't know how long you've been down there because once again, they don't really don't want you to have no electronics down there because apparently it makes Mother Ayahuasca angry and because uh, she doesn't understand technology. So like, you know, I'm just, just chilling, going with the flow. And there's a big musical component to a lot of Ayahuasca experiences. If anybody's like seen some of the documentaries online, this one didn't have a really big musical component, even though there were musicians preg uh, present. Um, this wasn't a very big like musical jamboree, but there was a lady in the room who was singing 
the most beautiful song I have ever heard. Just like kind of like quietly singing it to herself. And um, was she also a participant or yeah, she, she, was had, a participant. Had she received the medicine? Yeah, she received the medicine. And it was just the most beautiful song I ever heard. I was like, yo, what song is that? Um, it is called I Release Control. And I listened to the version that, you know, like that's online. And she sung it better than the version that was online. It was just a beautiful song. And it just matched the energy that was in the room. So, you know, one of the guys who was the um, the um, assistant to the shaman, you know, he was sitting up. And I think, you know, because I'm, I'm a baby at this, right? I'm new to the whole ayahuasca, you know, process and whatnot. You know, I'm only three ceremonies in. But this guy is like, you know, the uh, the shaman's right hand man. And I believe he's a lot more trained to be the conduit for the entire room and receive the energy of everybody that's going on. Like I am just one of the poles. If I was one of the poles that was relaying the energy in the conduit, this dude is the damn power station. You know what I mean? So, so he's sitting up there, you know, just kind of just rocking back and forth. And you can tell he's just like processing all this energy and just, you know, and just kind of going through it. Because any, at any other point, he was just chilling. He was in the best of mood. You know, like earlier, I gave him some chocolate. You know, not, you know, no marijuana chocolate, but actually just regular chocolate. Like, you know, like, I don't know if they had like Snickers bars where he's from, but like, you know, I got you like, I just random got up some chocolate, you know, like, cause he asked for it. Uh -huh. But, um, you know, but so, you know, just still being in his healing energy and his healing mood that I was in, I walked up, I put my hand on his left shoulder and was like, yo, you all right? And then after that, he was freed from it and he yeah. was okay. Cause whatever was going on through him before I touched him, it wasn't all him. It was the energy of everything. So I like I felt like, you know, by by laying hands upon him, I was able to like just transfer some of that off of him and hold it. Cause I, I think I've, I just feel like I, I'm used to processing pain and processing just bad dark things. Like it doesn't doesn't hold on me as much as it holds on other people because I'm used to dealing with it. And uh and then he was good. And then right around that time, you know, you know, that ceremony was about over. And, you know, everybody went back to their rooms and went to sleep. Uh, you know, I shot out a few uh, tweets. I think I tweeted something to the effect, like, um, done being a slave to things that no longer serve me, something to that effect. And uh, and then I woke up the next day, uh, you know, ready to leave. I, you know, I was about to pack my bags and get out of there like a runaway. But uh, they was like, what? You're not sticking for the closing ceremony? And I'm like, oh, man. Okay, yeah, I guess I will. How long will it take? Because, you know, I still had quite a drive ahead of me to get back to the crib and um and closing ceremonies like you know how long is this is this like benediction at church where like you know they're gonna wrap it up in like five minutes be or is it gonna be like the olympic closing ceremony where it's like a big thing it's definitely the latter your your tweet was tonight's lesson the art of wordless dialogue communicating communicating through frequency healing through frequency and then you spoke about um um, someone unable to conceive. Yeah, yeah, I said that too. Um, and but the next the next day, I said what I said then. If I said that that night, I said what I yeah, I said the so, other thing the next day. So, so in the frequency world that you that you speak of, so you had this ener this energy. This uh, I, I'm still trying to Google this this energy this presence of this 
Uh, yeah, that, this, this, that energy and then this healing aspect of you and, and, and this communicating without words. All of this energy that you're receiving and dishing out. Yeah, you're kind of like a Reiki healer. You know, you know, like, you know, yeah. like Reiki people know how to like, you know, do energy work on people and help them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and maybe that night, you know, maybe that's something I need to look into. Maybe I have that ability because there are people who know how to do some amazing things, but they don't know that they have these things in them. Case in point, um, you know, I think I've told this story in a couple of different scenarios. Like, you know, my grandmother told me a story about how when she was a little girl, um, her sister mm-hmm. was uh, sitting on father's lap. And this mm. is back in the days when they had the big pot belly stoves, like you used mm. to see like in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. They don't make them anymore because apparently the design was shit. But um, uh-huh. her sister fell off of a father's lap and um, and um, fell face forward onto the pot belly stove and burned her skin on her face to the point where like her skin was sticking to the stove after Ouch. she pulled it off. Like it was, you know, it sounded terrible, right? So there was a woman who lived not too far from where they lived that had the ability to talk the fire out of people. And for like people who are like, you know, super in tune or have people old enough in their their bloodline to maybe tell you these type of stories. But what that is, it's like this person was a super healer, a super healer. And what this lady did was, you know, just applied, you know, some level of a salve onto her sister, you know, onto her sister's skin and then did some prayer and some like some work with her hands on her face and skin. And she healed and had no scarring whatsoever. And I looked this up because I like to research things when people tell me stuff that seem interesting right and it's literally a thing it's literally a thing and um and there's a pattern to who gets these abilities so here's the thing if um if you have a history of i don't know hazel eyes in your family right mm-hmm. why and that gets passed down from person to person to person mm-hmm. why couldn't other things you can go darker. If cancer runs in your family, why can't other things? Why does everything that has to be genetically and her- uh, hereditarily passed down have to be a negative thing? There can be some amazing things that you can genetically pass down to people. Yeah, so like there's another story. I had a friend years ago from Hickory, North Carolina, and she said she can do it. She was a roommate for a while, and I witnessed her whispering into the ear of a child's hand after the girl burned it on a hot plate and asked what she was doing. According to her, it was passed down through the women in her family. So it's like a genetic. Huh? The nurturers, as women are known to be? Um, Yeah, you know, I mean, if not, why not? If other things can be passed down, why can't dope shit be passed down? I mean, you know dope I mean? shit is passed down, but this is some of that dope shit that is, you know. But it, it's such mystery. a lost practice because, like, listen, we live in a country in a world that's like, oh, you hurt yourself? Come here, get these meds. You know, like, we're not about but, internal healing. I mean, great, some of these medicines are here for you. Like, if you get cut, put some damn new skin on it. You know what I mean? That's going to help you heal way faster than, like, Neosporin and a Band-Aid, you know? 
But I think we need to, let's revisit that though, because we've talked about ayahuasca being medicine. Right. So when you say medicine, you're talking about the medicine that's manufactured, the medicine that is not natural to the earth. Right. So let's clear that up because you are saying ayahuasca is a medicine. It's a medicine that is helping others heal. Mm-hmm. But you're talking more natural medicine than the medicine that's manufactured that, you know, those medicines that you see in commercials where it fixes one thing, but then gives you, you know, 12 other side effects. <laughs> Even from the standpoint of somebody using medicine, you know, using internal medicine, the power of prayer, does prayer not heal and fix things in some scenarios? No, absolutely. You know, so like, I don't think we fully understand all the things that we're capable of. I can't sit here and like, you know, act like I'm an expert on the thing and tell you all the things that you can do. Cause I'm still, I'm still leveling up and unlocking my powers right now. You know what I mean? So there's so many things that just need to be looked into that you may be able to do right now, but you just have to take the time to work on yourself to figure out what you're capable of doing. I feel like I helped a few people that night and uh, somebody helped me out. You know what I'm saying? saying. <laughs> yeah, where's that energy? I need to learn more about color. <laughs> where they at? What club could I go to to do this more Talk to. Word. But <laughs> on a serious note, no, I did look some of that up, and one of the things that I did see, I did see, is there are, um, you know instances where people have said situations similar to that have happened and it hasn't necessarily been an energy like you stated but there have been situations where people have said um that they have been assaulted and 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 things have happened during some of these retreats oh really yes yes i'm not not many um, but, but I did, I did see where people have said that they've had some negative experience. Obviously that's not what happened in your situation. Um, but I will say if, uh, I mean, do you feel like you were, that the medicine puts you completely out where you're completely in, con- like no. out of control and no, I, I could have got up if what's going on. No, I could have like stood up if I wanted to and walked out of there if I wanted to, like okay. by no point did I ever feel incapacitated. Uh, if anything, you know, you just kind of want to just chill in the moment longer because, you know, the things that are happening feel amazing. Now, I know there has been some, you know, situations where people, you know, did a, you know, did a retreat, like case in point. Like, so based off of my experiences and a couple of friends of mine who've listened to the podcast had a buddy of mine who went on a retreat and he had not the same experiences that I had, but he got to go through time, as he tells it and see himself live and die in time and also see go through go through space and time and see all these different portals with all these different things going on in it and then in the part of his uh of his experience where he was dying and seeing himself dying in all these various scenarios he hated every moment of it and wanted to get out but once he got out of that and then got to see the beautiful things the portals the in the uh and how it feels to like actually die you know because like no one wants to see themselves die or even you know you know but like but the feeling he we, we both identified and connected like when i was talking about in episode one about the feeling of death it's not as bad as everybody thought it was so it thinks it is so it was scary to watch him die watch himself die 
But the feeling of dying felt amazing to him. Don't you they know, say it, that you're not like if you if you dream and this isn't a dream state. It's not a dream. So, I mean, you know, because like cause they, isn't there a saying or a myth that you can't like if you die in your dream, you die? So, I find that to not be true because I get killed in my dreams a lot. I'm like Kenny in South Park. What? <laughs> well, what is that? Then where does that saying come from? I don't know if this is not ayahuasca, but no, I like I've 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 heard that all my life, and I just like I don't have time to debate these people because my dreams are my dreams. But um, but you, I don't you, know. You you die in your dreams? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Like I mean, like. Do you wake up? Like yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously we have. No, I mean, obviously three. you wake up, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, you wake up, but in your dream, like when you die, do you wake up or do you continue dreaming? Uh, sometimes I'll wake up and go back and like continue my dream. Like I pause it, like it's TiVo, it's ill. Um, so the dream state and the ayahuasca state, similar, not the same? Based off my personal experience, I would say that they're not the same because you're, when you're dreaming, you're asleep. Unless you're lucid dreaming, where you're dreaming and you're aware of the fact that you're dreaming and then you take control. Cause like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> you can't kill me or this can't happen. I'm in control. It's a lucid dream, uh, which is also different than astral projection, which, you know, some people think it's a dream, but it's like, no, this is different. Your spirit is actually outside of your body traveling around in the astral realm. Uh, ayahuasca, you're wide awake for it. And if you go to sleep during it, and this is just based off my experience, like a bum sleeping on a park bench, they'll be like, wake up, sir. <laughs> no sleeping here because they want you to be awake for it. And I think they yeah. also just, you know, I, I think maybe it can get weird if you do fall asleep. Right. I remember in uh, episode two, you kept saying that, was it episode two or one where they were like, oh, wake up, wake up. Yeah. Like it was, it was episode one, episode one. Like, yeah. Cause like I kept nodding off cause I was up for like, I don't know, 22 yeah. hours. Right. So right. I was tired and cold. So I was really weren't ready to go to sleep. So then, uh, going back to frequencies and vibes, mm-hmm. um, did you intentionally try to reach out to anyone with those vibes, with the with the frequency? Um, did you did you try to communicate with anyone and see? Did you get any responses, or did you even did you try? No, I was hoping that with this lap. I would be able to like experience more of the things that I experienced on the first night. A little bit of that weird, like, uh, you know, mushroom shaped circle thing with the sounds and then more of like, what did it feel like for these people to transition on? And okay. for whatever reason, I don't know, I'm slightly under the impression that that's like a one and done. I don't get that experience again because it was very intense. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody should be able to experience that more than once because it's just too intense. It'll make you not want to like even be in the regular world anymore after you experience that. Like I, I get it when I hear people talking so euphorically about these experiences because like, yo, I've been there, I get it. And the same light and energy that I had when I came back from my retreat, when I my holiday at my homie, same energy. And like, you know, and like even just talking to him with the energy he had bought my energy back from when I just got back because I can't front. Uh, as you hear these episodes, some weeks have gone by right. since I've done this. So I was probably speaking a lot more clearer mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the first two episodes. And, you know, now I need to get a re-up. I'm kind of like, you know, uh, Tyrone Biggums on a Chappelle show. You got any more, man? You know, like, <laughs> I, like, I need to get back out there, you know? So, so- the, on the frequency side, mm-hmm. did anyone, uh, did anyone, 
you didn't try to reach out to anyone specifically or, and did anyone say, Hey, that didn't know what you were experiencing or didn't know where you were at? Did anyone pop up? I know you said that you thought about a friend and well, one thing, one thing I can say is just like, yeah, so whatever I was doing in that frequency space while I was in that third ceremony, there right. were a lot of people who I haven't spoke to in weeks who just randomly just text me. He's like, yo, you fell in my spirit. You all right, bro? Um, and it was just random because like I just felt like I put that energy into the air, um, you know, during that ceremony while I was trying to be a conduit. And, you know, and some of the people who reached out to me are people who I know are going through some things. So maybe they felt my energy reaching out, trying to just tap in and just, okay, I'm working the room. Where else can I go? What else can I do? Almost kind of like how, um, you know, on the first night when I was in the position to like, you know, experience the deaths of people who I think about constantly mm -hmm. is like, I, cause I always think about my mother. I always think about right. my grandmother, okay. you know? Um, and then I'm like, I could have thought about anybody else. Uh, what about Biggie? You know, like, baby, baby. so like, I think random, randomly, you know, with the frequencies as I was working the room, because in real life, I'm erratic and I do things randomly. There's a pattern, but only I know what that is. So I think with that, Did I think I, I, I worked the room, uh -huh. felt like my work there was done. Uh -huh. I just had spirit sex. <laughs> and then did you, launched did out. You reach out to, did you reach out to any of your siblings? No, I didn't. Okay, so I I reached out to one of your siblings. Okay. Um, to see if they wanted to be a part of this. Um, and, and ask any questions, and um, you know, especially around your mother, and just to just to find out, um, you know, ask any questions, but. You know, some of your siblings are shy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I actually talked to one of my sisters um, like the day of the closing ceremony, which was beautiful, I have to say. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, I was telling her about the experience. Like literally everybody who I talked to on the phone for the next 24 to 48 hours, I cried while talking to them. Okay. You know what but I'm saying? This, it, it, this particular sibling had not spoken to you when I spoke to them. Right. But she did have a dream about you as that ceremony was happening Ooh. and she wanted to know um how it, she found that interesting that as you were having the ceremony that she did not know anything about she woke up to see the same instagram postings that we saw um and this is your biological sister from both um, okay yeah okay parents no like yeah me and jocelyn we tight like that right you and know she, it's like had if i stub my toe i feel like you. she feels it yeah, she she had a dream about you as children, and she found that she she was like, it's out. This isn't. It's absolutely insane that 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 happened, and you were having this experience. And she was like, what did he tap into? How did that even occur? And like, you know, so the fact that you're talking about frequencies happening on the third night, or not the third night, but the third ceremony and you having tapped into your mother on the first ceremony, just trying to see like where that and how that even occurred, the, the, the sibling connection and, and, and that, that, that tightness between your, you and your sister that you were able to somehow like tap into her dream cycle. And that's why I asked the questions about dream versus um, 
you know, the, the ayahuasca experience because you and her tapped into something. Somehow mm-hmm. there was a, a connection there at the same time um, that revolved around you two being children. And, and she, she felt something. So did, did you, did, was she in, was she in any, can you recall seeing her or, or thinking nah. about her doing any of that? Not during that night, because it's just, um, it was just different. Like it wasn't about seeing people's faces or anything. It was just about frequency and energy and just being a wavelength, whatever that is. But like, I mean, the thing is, I love my sisters and my brothers and like, you know, and I, I think about them all the time. So um, even like, you know, kind of almost how like they say, whoa, you seem like everything's fine. But if someone like ran like a, I don't know, a blood pressure monitor you or like an internal scan, like, yo, he's holding in all this repressed energy and uh, all this frustration, but he doesn't wear it outside. But like, I'm always thinking about it because like, I genuinely care about what happens, not only to my family, but to also people who I have interactions with. Like when people die, it truly fucks me up sometimes, some more than others. And, and, it, and like, sometimes I like, I shed a tear over the, the weirdest deaths. Like you feel like you of- feel that? Do you feel, you used the word earlier of people that feel the energy of the world, of the world. What was that word again? Empath. Yes. Do you feel that you're that, you're that type? Yeah, I do have moments where I do truly feel like I'm an empath, but some people are empaths and they put their whole heart and energy into being an empath to where like it's their life's work. And unfortunately, because of who I am and what I do, I have to be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And it doesn't allow me to 100% pursue that because I neglect myself regularly, regularly. You know what I mean? And it's not like, because I don't care about myself, but it's like, yo, I'm trying to keep all these wheels spinning because I realize how blessed I am to have the opportunities I have, right? So, you know, I care, but I care in my own way. Case of point, Prince Marky D died, I cried. Not like, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I shed a few tears because like, I knew that brother, you know what I mean? Like, not like, hey, I ain't never been to his house before, but grew up watching Prince Marky D as a, as a hip hop fan, like watching him on the fat boys, like, yo, this guy's a movie star. Then I meet Prince Marky D and he's nice as hell. And like, we exchange numbers. We, we talk about hip hop. We talk about like, you know, just the old days. And like, you know, I remember one time me and him was hanging out and um, he never met Ice Cube before. And I kind of know Ice Cube, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, let me, come on. And like, you know, I introduced Prince Marky D and, um, Introduced to Ice Cube, and um, it, I just sat back because the shit was beautiful, man. Like, yo, I love you for all that you've done, and like, I was able to do something for you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when he died, it fucked me up because, like, hey, you have no idea what you did for me as a kid, and um, I was able to do something for you, even as minor as it may seem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, as minor as it may seem, uh, that I was able to do something for him. And as people, that's what we should try to do. Help other people's dreams come true, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the game should be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so to see him go so prematurely, because I was really trying to 
Uh, and you know this because I, I brought it up to you because like uh, with um, we, we couldn't do my big birthday event this year because of COVID. But, right. you know, one of the things I had up my sleeve is like, yo, what if I can get a Fat Boys reunion going? That'd be crazy, mm -hmm. right? No one would see that shit coming. But, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable trying to put an event together. But, you know, I, I like, you know, I tapped him on the shoulder a few times about it and he seemed like semi-interested. So, but we, I just couldn't pursue the conversations. And, you know, that kind of bummed me out because as a child, I, I was too young when the Fat Boys were a thing to see why them do you, perform. Why do you feel so compelled to want to make others' dreams come true? Because there's been a whole bunch of people who made my dreams come true. I wouldn't fucking be here if it wasn't for people who felt my frequency, who felt my energy. The re I, how do I know you? you know, <laughs> there's no reason we should have met. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I didn't even know you was a manager when we met. You know what I mean? I know you was managing some comedians and stuff because you told me that, but I had no idea. And sometimes, you know, when people are relays for other and others and answer the call that you don't even get phone ringing, but you answer the call. Like case in point. I, I go from uh, working at target out of high school to going to college for a semester. I end up working at a distribution company called polygram as an intern I hustled to bust my ass. that did shit. They never seen an intern do. Then I get introduced to a lady by the name of Shannon. Shannon um, just took over, got a job in Motown. She felt my energy. She, you know, she respected how I moved. Uh, and at this point, it's the coolest job in the world to anybody who knows me. Like, yo, he works for Motown Records. I remember <laughs> Marvin Gaye used to be on Motown. You know, like, so like, you know, my grandmother thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I was able to send her stuff. You know what I mean? I'm over there. Right, Motown. Show. What you talking about? Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> um, and, you know, and I'm making connections along the way. And, you know, and if it wasn't for Shannon being so dope and just picking up on my frequency, because I never asked her for much, but she's just like, yo, this kid works hard. She's like, hey, I have a side company that I do street promotion uh, stuff with. Would you like to mm -hmm. run it while I'm doing this? Because it's kind of a conflict of interest. I'm like, yeah, sure. And I mm -hmm. ran it. I ran the fuck out of that street promotion company. <laughs> and then split it off and started getting my own accounts. And then, um, then just through the energy of that. And also, like, you know, I was meeting people along the way because I'm still rapping the whole time, right? And like, you know, freestyling, calling on radio stations, winning battles and stuff. Then um, between point A and point B, um, you know, the opportunity comes to, you know, where like a radio station opens up and like I skipped a lot here. Like, you know, I, right. ended, I ended up leaving that job to go do another job because I did a really good job at the first job and someone would pay me more money <laughs> to do another job. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do that job. And then that job wanted me to relocate. And I was like, yo, I ain't gonna relocate for that money. But I, but I ended up uh, just running my street promotion stuff for a while. And then eventually work, taking a job at EMI distribution in the mail room. Mind. You've got mail. Like not even doing what I was doing, not marketing anymore. Like I'm just in the mail room. But I knew I wouldn't be in that mail room for more than three months because mm -hmm. of how I work. And in three months, now I'm the regional marketing director for like urban music at EMI and I had all these awesome accounts. So a year later, I just kind of saw how the record industry was going. And I'm like, yo, Kino, uh, Kino, Super K, let's, um, let's make a tape go to the studio, turn it in so we can get the overnight shift. Who hears the frequency? Who feels our energy? A man by the name of Daryl Johnson who heard our tape. And he's like, yo, I don't know who these people are, 
but I want them doing the night shift. If Daryl Johnson didn't pick up on my frequency and Keynote's frequency and Super K's frequency, we would have never got that job and I wouldn't be here right now because nobody in their right mind would ever put three people who never did radio before <laughs> on from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. in the number, I think, five market at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's only because of frequency, energy, and intention. And I would also say some amazing work ethics. That's there too. But no, I think there's a lot of that too. You know, I, I, you know, there's the, manif the, the manifestation, the, the, the frequency, the, the being at the right place at the right time and, and some amazing work ethics as your manager. I know the hours, I know what you do. I know the amount of work that you put in. So I don't want by any means to that be downplayed um, at all. Yes. Well, that's definitely there, but like, I can't even front. I didn't know what manifestation was back then, but it wasn't until, <laughs> it wasn't until I look back on everything. I was like, oh, I've been doing this the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like you literally- well, When you say you've been doing this for a long time, like getting back to like, you know, frequency, what is it to, in your words? And, and it sounds like the medicine of ayahuasca mm -hmm. enhances it. It, 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 it tunes yes. it up. It adds yes. oil. It adds oil to these tools. It that is a dope. Okay, you used oil differently than where I was going, but that is a dope analogy. So imagine if you're trying to cook like a chicken in a skillet, just dry. Yeah, right. This is the seasoning. You're adding some, you know, yeah, you're adding some Yeah, but if you lorries, put some olive oil in that skillet, you some, yo. You got some Goya, you got some lorries, you're watching, you're watching the, you know, no MSGs, but. <laughs> <laughs> yo, but that chicken don't cook different. Once you put the oil Most in the pan, oil. <laughs> and uh, yo, and I, I feel like just the ayahuasca makes the uh, makes the brain cook better. It makes the the uh, antenna go up higher, and you're just able to just receive. The well, before universe. the medicine, what? How? How were you doing it before the medicine? Before this this medicine that heightens it, how would you describe it? Because not everybody's gonna be able to go out get the medicine. Um, or, you know, it might be some time before they, um, they, they feel the courage, if that's the right word, okay. or they can find themselves at, at a location where they can do this. So how do you do that without, without the medicine? Because what I'll say, we were dabbling before in, in some of this. Right. Well, what I'll say is I feel like we are all born and brought to this world with the energy and a light. And I feel like the longer we're here, the more that light either gets brightened or it gets extinguished or extinguished, should I say. And I think I was able to do all that stuff because my light has always been bright. You know, even when I tried to do dark things, the universe just wouldn't let me. It just wouldn't let me. I tried to be a bad guy. I tried to be a fucking, you know, hoodlum. You know what I'm saying? And like, I tried to pick fights with people. And uh, I, it, it just never, it never, uh, it just wasn't what it was for me. And I think after a while between point A and point B, um, you know, I needed the medicine in me to help refill, refill that light. And I feel like a lot of people need to get their light refilled because like the world can wear you down if you let it.
it will wear you down until you're just like, you know, you're looking at yourself and your old pictures when you, you felt like you used to be happy and you're like, yo, whatever happened to this person? You felt like they could actually go out there and change the world. Do you ever look at pictures and you kind of like, who is that? Um, I look at pictures. I look at pictures and I'm like, I don't even, who is that? I don't even know that person. I'm sure a lot of people can identify with looking at pictures from the past. Those people that have gone through changes in life, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the only difference between like me now and me then is like, I don't know, my ears now match my head. The thing that changes you speak of, I'm talking about. Oh, you know, the, okay, you just looking at, you know, the world of optimism, because like, yo, my, I had adult sized ears on a, on a child's head when I was a kid. And it was like, yo, people used to always make fun of my ears. I think people call me Dumbo and shit. I had so many fights. But um, you grew into your ears. That's good. I grew into my ears. It's like you know, they, they, you know, I heard somebody say, "When you're born, you're born with adult teeth under your gums." I think that's a fucking lie because there's no way the baby skull is the size of human human teeth mouth. There's just no fucking way. But I literally feel like when I was born, I was born with adult ears, and I eventually grew into. Did you hear well? Well enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but. Uh, I feel, you know, but at the end of the day, man, like, you know, like people just need to know when it's time for them to get the medicine, you know, like maybe if you're a teenager and everything's going good, you don't need it. But like, you know, you'll know when you need it and when you need it, it's going to give you everything you need. And and once again, talking about my friend who or talking to my friend who went on the retreat recently, his experience was different than mine because he needed different things than I needed. And he got what he needed. And that makes me happy. Aww. So vicariously, through me going on my adventures and living my life, I was able to help another person by letting them know that the medicine is okay. And there's so many other people that hit me that, that booked their retreats that are going. And I hope this does the same thing for them that it did for me. And hopefully you listening to this podcast right now, this is doing something for you and will make you do the research and, uh, and go for the right reasons. Don't think you're going to have soul sex. <laughs> it, it, it may not happen for you. It may not happen. You may have a different it, experience. And if it does, it might be in an Oz way. <laughs> what does that mean? People who had cable in the late 90s, early 2000s know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, goodness. About. And if they can't, what else do you suggest? If they can't make it to something like that. If you can't make it to an ayahuasca retreat, because everybody thinks you have to go to like Ecuador, you don't. Uh, but if you can't, <laughs> if you I think can't, it's Costa Rica, Peru. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. there's other options. Uh, you know, there's the Pandora Starlight, which I have, which I feel like has helped me. And I just need to make more time to do that in my personal uh, experience. Meditation, um, you know, like even um, salt uh, isolation rooms. Like, uh, like, you know, they have these like salt tanks that you can go sit in and uh, meditate and just disconnect from the world. I mean, I think the key is just disconnecting, spending more time in silence and just try to find that voice that is trying to talk to you inside your head. It starts there. Because if you spend every free moment you have looking into your phone, not only are you fucking up your circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm. Yeah, so circadian rhythm is uh, basically your internal clock. Ooh. And a lot of us don't get a good restful sleep because we're looking at our phone right before we go to bed. So when your eyes are seeing this bright light, it's tricking your internal clock to still thinking it's like earlier than it is. And it's, you know, it makes things kind of go haywire. Is that so, like the reason why they said the, the uh, mother ayahuasca is, is uh, like 
not a fan or not a fan of technology, but not like doesn't understand technology. Is that to part be honest of it? with you, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know why Mother Ayahuasca doesn't like technology. I haven't done the research. And hopefully mm-hmm. one day I can get Melissa on here to like, you know, talk about, you know, some of these things, because like, you know, I'm just speaking off of experience. She's mm-hmm. an expert. Uh, there's also people who I went on a retreat with that I definitely want to tap in with uh, and bring on here as well, because, you know, like these people have been doing it a lot longer than I have. But as a person who's a first timer and who got to do it three times on his first time, I feel like at some point in your life, you're going to your tank's going to be on empty and you will feel like you need this. And I definitely implore you to give it a shot just to see all the things that, you know, could possibly repair it internally in you. And even if it, even if the euphoria from it only lasts for a few weeks for you, because I still feel it in me, but the euphoria aspect of it, you know, it, it has an expiration point. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like you do I, have to go back? Is, is it something that you, because medicine, you know, traditional medicine, mm-hmm. you take a course of antibiotics, right? Let's mm-hmm. just use that as an example. And then you don't take any more unless it's needed. So is this something that you come back and take? Um, do you ever not have to take it anymore because you're at whatever place you're supposed to be? Or I think that's a that question work? that can only be answered by you. You know, for me, because maybe I'm an empath and don't even know it. I often use the metaphor. I think I use this with you. I think I'm a piece of cotton candy on a stick and everybody's just pulling, 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 pulling. <laughs> so yeah, I can handle so much until nothing's left but a stick. So then sometimes I need to like, you know, get more things going so I can get poured back into me so I can pour back into others and be as great as I want to be. Like I can't front, like since I've been back, like I haven't really been like rapping as much. I don't know what to rap about anymore. Only rapping for work. We talked about since you've been back, the changes. And mm-hmm. so we talked about you, you're, you're more of an outside person. Okay. So let me tell you about that. So uh was more of an outside person. And then pollen came outside and then it limited, limited my ability to be the outside person that I was aspiring to be. Uh, I, my soul wants to be outside, but my sinuses want to be inside away from pollen. Uh, so we got to revisit that outdoor shit in like fall. And then you also said that some of the other changes that people have noticed about you since you've been back is assertiveness. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that was even a thing that, that, people would notice that. Can you elaborate a little bit about what people have said to you? Well, cause you know, uh, okay, here's what I'll say. A lot of times I try to be the peacemaker because I like calm and namaste. And I always believe in not setting fires in buildings that you'll have to go sleep in again, right? But sometimes- You don't wanna burn bridges? <laughs> I think it was an overused metaphor. I was trying like throw some new stuff out there. Maybe people will bite on it. You know, don't set fires. You know, that old Negro saying, you know, don't set fires in rooms you got to sleep in. Like, you know, because who wants to smell like burnt cinder, right? Really, um, nigga? The, uh, but, you know, it, it, it does instill a level of confidence in you. You are where you are because you are who you are. People look to you for whatever it is you do. Maybe you're not the head of a company. Maybe you're not the leader of a gang. Maybe you're not the top salesperson at the place, but whatever position you are in life, you're there because somebody believes in you. So whatever it is you're doing, be assertive and be confident in your shit. So as it relates to what I do, 
you know, I have I work in a business where a lot of people feel like they the chief. And uh, and every now and then you gotta be like the you whole know, industry of that. Yeah, and like you know, every now and then be like, oh, pardon me, I'm the chief. Like I think I sent the tweet out, or no, I didn't send a tweet out. I sent a message to everybody in my group. Um, uh, you know, for the last twelve months, I've been an observer, but now I am your leader, as I always was. But I had to reinforce it, just so people know that you know, just because. I mean, like Martin Luther King, for instance. He talked peace and nonviolence. I am sure in his 33 years of living, he smacked the shit out of somebody at some point, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure that, that we all are humans and we all have what I like to call the positive and the negative aspects of our beings. We're not all namaste. We're not all, you know, we, we don't all wake up and stay in our happy-go-lucky, positive, you know, we have bad, we have good. And that's mm -hmm. what the universe is. Um, yeah, but I mean, I feel like though there was a time in my life where I was so, un I, I, I was so unhappy that you don't always want to be a dark energy when you walk into a room. Like, my problems aren't necessarily your problems. So I'll bottle my problems so Ooh. we can have peace where we are. But... I am where I am because I am who I am and I can do what I can do. So watch me work as I've worked to get to this point that many people want to be in. You know what I mean? And, 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 I, and I accept that. I accept that job to be that leader. I accept that job to do things that have never been seen or done before within the space in which I occupy. And I'm doing it at my own pace. Some people are like, how come you ain't doing the same thing such and such doing? How come you do it? But yeah, I'm going to get there. I'm taking the scenic route. It's all going to be there. But I'm gonna do it at my own pace. So the, the medicine and the assertiveness, it, you think that it, it, it took a layer of not bottling things up, like, like, like that layer is something you're no longer doing? I mean, I think it frees you. Like if you know what it feels like to die, what else is there to be afraid of? Mm. That's the final stage, mm, okay. final stage. You know, uh, I said something, uh, Kill the final stage, boss. I forgot the lyric. I'm so far removed from rap at this moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like, yeah, like, you know, like. It's still a passion. It's still a passion. I'm just trying to find things to be passionate about because I've seen, I've, I, I've seen the end. So, you know, you have this project, this action park project. That's a lot of, would you say that that's, um, the head crack that died in this experience when you say going back to your first night and how you died and, and there's a rebirth? There is a rebirth of some sorts. There is a more like, I have a, a slightly better understanding of the universe and the laws of life and death that I didn't have. So now in that, I move without fear. And now I remember the lyric. I'm in the game now, leveling up, kill the final stage boss, but it's never enough. Like that's, you know, like I feel like I and Mike when Cuss died, left my kill switch on. I'm in a crowded room, but it's just I. You know what I mean? And my whole life, I've always felt like I've been the outsider. I've been in a crowded room of people and I felt like nobody understood me. But in the ayahuasca community, we all understand each other. We get it. We're all people working on each other. We're trying to 
figure out our things. You know what I mean? So, you did know. You, did you feel like they didn't understand you because you're not like, like, because you understand the universe differently? Because why did you feel like they that you're not understood? Because I myself feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And I have felt that from, you and I have talked many a times. And well, you could probably our, our, frequency, our frequencies came because of that. Um, you know, from a very young age, I have never felt that I'm like you was known. What, <laughs> one of these kids is doing his own thing. Right, um, right. So, so I think it, even when I look at my friends from childhood, we are all friends now still mm-hmm. because we were all on the same frequency. You know, we may have had some like, you know, gaps in time where we didn't connect, but we were all we were all the outsiders. All my friends were all the outsiders. They were just like me. Those people that like people looked at, yo, those guys are weird. Not weird how like, you know, like these dudes are wearing matching hats. You know, like not weird like that, but weird like, you know, these guys are on something different. And those were always my friends, my friends from elementary school my friends from middle school and even my late in life friends like Kino and Travi, they the odd men out. And we like the Goonies, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we, we all find each other and we, and we stick and we stick together. And when you get outside that circle, you feel alone because like, oh man, there's nobody else in this room. That's kind of like me in that regards. And then until you find that other person, that's part of your tribe. And, you know, those members of your tribe are very hard to find and you never know when you find them. It was dope when we met because like, yo, all this weird shit I would say, you got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're like, the hey, female we experienced the some weird shit. You know, we experienced, we talked about that during the second episode of some of the stuff, some of the, the weird manifestations that, that we experienced and we're like the, that one um, tooth whitening experience we talked about. But yeah. do you think that, that a lot of people if they just focused inward um, are more like us and they just not, they're just not there because they're so distracted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think when you walk into a room talking the type of shit I'd be talking without knowing me or without doing any level of research on what I'm talking about, it looks like I'm coming in saying some comic book shit. Like, yo, do you know like, if you go to sleep at night and you listen to certain types of beats and frequencies, your soul could leave your body and go to the beginning of time and the end of time. Like it sounds insane to the uninitiated. What were you smoking? Right. And but but all the time, all the time, people loop back and be like, yo, I was watching this thing the other day and it was about the same shit you came in here talking about. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, like, yo, like I'm not making this up. But the, also the dope thing too is I know. Who I can talk to this stuff about because we're on the same frequency. Big shout out to the battle rapper Averb. Uh, I met him in uh, Miami and I was telling him about astral projection. And I, I gave him some links, some things to look up just to like, you know, have a better understanding and a knowledge of it. And he texted me one day, like, holy shit, because he figured out how to do it. And right. That we were talking about astral projection, sleep paralysis. I mean, there's so much to dig into that. And we 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 do plan on having quite a few other people um, join us on some of these conversations because there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, there's there's a lot to get to. There's a lot right. to get to, but I'm glad we got to it. And thank you for helping me walk through this because if I had to do it by myself, I don't know. The episodes would have probably been like way shorter. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to an ayahuasca retreat. Yo, it was live. I had sex with a ghost and um, <laughs> a ghost. <laughs> it's energy. Yeah, man. So, yo, yo, tap into no, wait, your wait. energy. What? And with the energy, would you say that? And this is really gonna take it into a spin, but. Was it a feminine energy? energy? Oh, definitely, a fe- definitely a feminine energy. Like, no, I don't mean it, you know, to 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 go into any of that. But is there feminine and male energy? I was I've going. Never, in, I was going more into that. Like, I've never witnessed a male sex energy in the in that realm. Uh, this was definitely feminine. Okay. And I, I and I am sure of that. However, when you know, go back to episode one when I was talking to God. God ain't a man or a woman from what I can gather. Okay. Okay. And its energy is smug. And smug. it laughs and it laughs at us. Yeah. Oh, like, no, it's got no, a sense of humor. No, God's no well, God's energy is like, ah, let me show you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> it's, <sighs> I've been told you all. <laughs> you guys in your primitive talking. You guys talking. <laughs> God's like, look, I've been told y'all, how come you ain't got this yet? Yeah, um, but yeah, like uh, if if it was a masculine energy, I probably would have omitted that whole story. (laughs) But yo, I'm never going back. (laughs) This is is weird. My jaw hurts. And on that note. Thank you for tapping in the head crack after hours. Next, yo, listen, we have a whole bunch of dope guests joining us on the future episodes, and uh, you could tap back in with us regularly. Be sure you click the bell, click the plus. Uh, we 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 talking to people in Hollywood, we talking to some of your favorite artists, we talking to some of your favorite um, you know, movers and shakers, not only within the world of entertainment, but also in the self-help world as well. Uh, I want this podcast to not only entertain you, but educate you. The borrowed term uh, coined by the uh, Blastmaster Cares one. This is edutainment, and hopefully you enjoy every lap that we take around this course, man. So, uh, Anna, as always, thank you so much for walking down this with, uh, with me and helping me out on everything I do. Thank you for having your antenna up, receiving my frequency and my energy. Uh, big shout out to your son, Rome, who'll be editing the podcast and whatnot, making it sound extra. Y'all be giving us mad props. Like, yo, we love the sound effects too. It sounds so visual. That's uh, that's Romeo right there making that happen. Real Deal Productions. Be sure you follow him on the gram and also uh, be on the lookout for episode four, Head Crack After Hours. Sure.